The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Brandon Lee Gowden. What's up, BLG? Stats, another Tuesday here with you in paradise, as we are on the SB Nation NFL show's yeah. most important podcast, the Off Day Debrief, a.k.a. the Oddcast. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world, Stats. Did you just, I thought like you kind of went Marv Levy on me. Where would you rather be? right here right now wasn't intentional didn't uh know i was doing that but i am so skilled that uh sometimes i can pull (laughs) genius out of nowhere uh before we get rolling here i want to remind everybody we are brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook DraftKings sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the nfl so download the DraftKings sportsbook app today use code SBNNFL and you will get a special offer when you sign up that's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. All right, BLG, we have a lot going on because the quarterback movement in the NFL just continues, and it continued yesterday. Most of the dominoes have fallen. There's a couple of things still out there, but for the most part, especially in the AFC, things are relatively settled. So what we thought we would do on today's show is power rank, because that's, you know, that's our thing here, power rank the quarterbacks in the AFC. And that will also allow us to get to some of the movement we saw yesterday. Um, And we're going to go bottom up with this. Are you comfortable with that? That is the way to go, Stats. All right. Uh, I think this is completely obvious. There's no mystery here. Number 16, Zach Wilson of the New York Football Jets. He stunk Stats last year. And (laughs) uh, not to say he can't get better. And I think the Jets have done some good things this offseason. Maybe you can see some progress, but man. Uh, it's not just guaranteed that just because a young player is bad that they're definitely going to get better. And it's just like, because they're young and what could you expect? And I think there is some truth to that and that Zach Wilson wasn't, you know, an amazing spot last year, but you got to show us like a little bit of something. And did he really do that? He had some cool plays, but there was just so much bad there. Like this is the number two overall pick we're talking about. There's, you know, everybody expects good and bad rookie mistakes mixed in. But some of the bad was really, really bad. And when your lows are that low, I don't know. That doesn't fill me with a ton of confidence for the future. 
Do you want to keep talking about Zach Wilson, or you just want to already move on to the next? No, one? I think we could move on. Yeah. Uh, okay. On my list, number fifteen, I had Davis Mills. I had Tua at number fifteen. Um, I just, what is the appeal to Tua? Like, like he's okay. He's. I don't think he's the worst starter in the NFL. Sure, but like, what what do you, what about him makes you feel like, oh wow, this is great or this is special? I think like at best he seems to be fine. Um, I feel like his biggest supporters can take a victory lap when like he isn't bad and say like, look he's fine he's doing fine out there not like he did something amazing um so i have two are pretty low i have davis mills right above him at number 14 why do you have davis mills at 15 i just i know that he improved down the stretch last year but like is there anything to fear with davis mills at least with tua like there's some flashes of stuff i feel like the only thing i will say about tua is it's hard to have faith in him when it seems like the Dolphins don't have faith in right. him. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, they just brought in Teddy Bridgewater and they asked him, did mm. they bring you in to be two as backup? And he wouldn't say, <laughs> which means no, right? Like if he's not, if he doesn't immediately say, yes, they brought me in to be the backup. That means he's got a chance to be the starter there. Doesn't it? It's about, as we often say, what isn't said. And he yes. didn't say like, "Hey, I know my role," because that's that's pretty common for a lot of backup quarterbacks like that. Just based on press conferences and experiences that I've had, is they'll come in, they'll be like, "Hey, I'm here to help the team, however I can." You know, I know, uh, let's say in this case, Tua. I know he's the starter. I'm here to help him get ready. I'm here to be, you know, uh, on call in case something happens to him. They don't like just normally come in and be like. Or maybe they say something about like, "Okay, I'm competing for the job." Sure, in theory, they're all competing. That's what coaches say, but. I don't think they usually come in and be like, yep, well, I might be the starter, basically. <laughs> Not so many words. It's it's just a weird situation. And I feel like by now, if the Dolphins are not behind Tua by now, like what is going to somehow happen that's going to change everybody's mind? I mean, I know it's a new coaching staff, so maybe. But I just feel like in these situations, what usually happens is they go through a season with the quarterback that was picked by somebody else. And then they dump the guy. That's generally what goes on. Am I wrong? I don't think you're crazy wrong, but you know you have to consider the weird ownership factor here. Uh, like, how much do they like him? Maybe not at all, based on their previous interest <laughs> in Deshaun Watson. But then again, they didn't pursue that this offseason. so uh, it's a weird dynamic for sure. I think even if like I'm being super, if I'm if I, let's say like I'm being too harsh on Tua, let me like admit that, and then I adjust in my rankings. Even then, I feel like I can only put him up to like maybe 12 at the highest. I can't put him higher than that. So like even I think the the most like optimal outcome for him, I just don't see how like I could have him. And that's and part of that's not even his fault. It, it is a commentary on how good the quarterbacks in this conference are. True. Um, but it's the reality of the situation. Like you have one of the, I think, bottom five quarterbacks uh in the AFC if you're a Dolphins fan. I went, so I went Wilson at 16, Mills at 15, and then I have Mitchell Trubisky at mm. 14. I have Trubisky one spot higher at 13. Uh, I want to, I was listening to you talk about this with RJ on the look ahead last week. And, and I feel like I didn't maybe represent my viewpoint the best. So I want to get a uh, redemption chance here. All and right. cause you were like, BLG, you hate teams being stuck in the middle. And I do, but I don't think the Steelers are stuck in the middle. They're operating in the middle currently because I don't think they had really amazing alternatives. Otherwise, I think you made a fair point of, you know, they probably should have been stronger players for someone like Russ. And I don't know why they weren't. Maybe he didn't want to go there. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, obviously the no trade clause is a factor. 
and I and I think that's a fair point. But if you're like they didn't they weren't desperate. It could get worse. They could have done much worse. They could have done something really dumb, like in my opinion, trade for Jimmy G or trade for Carson Wentz. You know, do something really dumb, and they avoided that, and they operated in the middle. And I'm not saying they should get uh, a Super Bowl trophy or a Gold Star or whatever because of it, but I just think it's fine. They're still going to be competitive. And even though they have the 13th best quarterback or 14th, whatever you want to say, I still think they're going to be in the mix for the playoffs, just given the nature of the Steelers. Um, I, I did say last week too wrong. Like I was like, do you think they're going to make the Steelers or the playoffs? And you're like, no. Um, and maybe I didn't mean that. I meant like, do you think they're going to have another season with uh, a, a non-losing record? But congratulations. Like, that's not the goal. The goal is to win Super Bowl. I, it's just weird what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. Do you think the fact that their GM is on his way out was a factor in all this? Like, hey, maybe we don't want to let Kevin Colbert swing this massive trade for Russell Wilson when he's not going to be the general manager, you know, and then whoever takes over for him is not going to have a, a full cabinet of draft. Like, Maybe they were just like, ah, we'll just go with Trubisky and we'll figure it out next year, which I hadn't previously considered that. So maybe if if you factor that in, I could understand it a little more, but it's still weird. That's a fair point. Yeah, because as we know, uh, Colbert's not leaving until after the draft, right? So they're kind of in this weird like transition, like lame duck kind of period yeah. where, yeah, I think that might be fair. Yeah, maybe Colbert really didn't have like the green light to do something like that, like to your point, because it's like, hey, we kind of want the new guy who we don't even know or woman, whoever they hire uh, to come in and, uh, and and be able to do what they want as opposed to just being you know tied down to someone else's vision and you're just inheriting that. So I think that as uh, another factor why it was a reasonable signing. So I feel like you, I don't know, you've been talking closer to my side and now I've been coming over closer to your <laughs> side. But either way, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is any good. I had him at, at four, uh, excuse me, 14 on my mm -hmm. list. And that, that's like as high as I could really put him. I just, he doesn't do any, the best thing he does is run and that's not a quarterback's first job. And mm. if that's the best thing well, I can say about you, you can't be high on the list. Well, that sounds a little familiar, but we don't have to get into that because we're not talking oh, about the NFC quarterbacks. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then I get to 13. I had two at 13. What did you have on yours? Um, at number 13, I had Trubisky, but, uh, so I already said him, but I'll go mm -hmm. to 12. And Trevor Lawrence, um, kind of what we said about Zach Wilson. I know you've had this take from last year, stats. We were like, I know he's the number one overall pick, and I'm not saying he's a bust. And obviously, you have to consider how much of a train wreck the Jaguars were. And obviously that was just highlighted even further in the athletics uh, expose, I guess you would want to say on oh. him uh, where it's just, it's so clear. It was always so clear that Urban Meyer was going to be a disaster. And I almost don't even want to give him like, I almost don't like that piece in terms of Urban Meyer should be getting no attention. I know it's bad attention and it makes <laughs> him look bad. And we're all clowning on him. And I get that, but like, he doesn't even deserve that. Like he should be irrelevant. Like, cause I think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like, I feel like in almost some sick twisted way, he might like, he, he might enjoy his name being in the spotlight, even though it's, you know, some people would say there's no such thing as bad press. Like, I feel like Urban Meyer doesn't deserve the bad press. He just deserves to be like forgotten. Uh, so um, I have Trevor Lawrence at number 12. Again, I, I think there's potential for him and it's hard to rank, you know, guys like this who are so young because there is potential for them to take a big leap, but you can't just assume that's going to happen. Uh, the Jags made some moves I don't really love, but I do trust in Doug Peterson to some extent to kind of help him, at least more help than Trevor Lawrence got last year. Um, but 
right now, I just I think he you have to put him in the bottom five, right? You have to. Uh, I want to get to that in a second, but let me just say about Urban Meyer, that is one of the worst coaching hires and coaching tenures in the history of the National Football League. That article in The Athletic is incredible. Go back and, and read it. It gets into just how he treated people and players and staff. He didn't do a single thing right. He didn't do a <laughs> single thing right. Like Amazing. I'm a Niner. I, I'm a Niners fan. I cover the Niners. Jim Tom Sula was a complete disaster, but Jim Tom Sula won like five or six games and he wasn't anywhere near the disaster that Urban Meyer was. That is pathetic. And you could see it right from the start. Uh, but to get to Lawrence, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of cover basically because of that article and things like it. People are going to put all the blame on Urban Meyer and they're going to say it was all his fault and no quarterback could have thrived in that environment. And he's basically going to get a pass for his entire rookie season is how I think it's going to go because we were told that Trevor Lawrence is one of the best quarterback prospects, maybe since Andrew Luck. So everyone's going to want to confirm that prior. So it's going to be blank slate for Trevor Lawrence this year. I vote for him. Uh, definitely. No, I don't want to, I don't love the idea of like, he could have done nothing to thrive. Um, <laughs> probably could have been a little bit better than he was. Now, again, it's not like he should have necessarily been the lock for rookie of the year or should have been like the MVP or anything. It's not like it would be reasonable to expect him playing at that level, but I think we could have seen a little bit more, but uh, I'm interested to see what he'll do in year two, because a lot of quarterbacks tend to make a big jump that season. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, 17 interceptions in 17 games. If I say who had a better year, Davis Mills or Trevor Lawrence, you got to think about it, right? <laughs> think about the difference in where they were picked. So, yeah, I mean, let's hope he makes a jump. Look, I, I want as many teams as possible to have good quarterbacks because it makes it more interesting. It makes the league better. Uh, but I I don't know, man. I, it's, I think it's way more likely that Trevor Lawrence is a bust than Trevor Lawrence turns into a good quarterback. Wow. You heard it here first. Stats hates Trevor Lawrence. Um, def define good quarterback, though. I mean, a good quarterback. A quarterback that goes to the playoffs consistently and can – in spots, put the team on his back. So do you think Trevor Lawrence signs a contract extension with the Jags? A long-term one, not saying no. like, you know, the fifth-year option. Wow. Nope. Wow. I don't know if the Jags are going to want to sign Trevor Lawrence to a contract wow. extension. Okay. Well, you heard it All here right. first. Well, there you go. Let's get to number 11 on the list. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, is the first player we agreed, uh, second player after Zach Wilson, and we agreed on. We both had him at number 12. Number 11 on my list, Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. <laughs> you agree? Yeah, yep. That's yes. why I have Mac Jones on my list as well. Uh, I like Mac Jones for what he is. You know, it's all about relative to expectation. And I think Mac Jones did some nice things as a rookie. I think this is the thing with Mac Jones, though. I don't think you're ever going to really have him in the top five of this conference, especially one, again, that's loaded with star talent. He's not that kind of player. But I think he will also not be in the bottom five. He will be firmly in the middle between those two things. He kind of offers this, you know, uh, low ceiling high floor kind of production for you as a quarterback and i think that's the range he lives in i totally agree with you and it it sounds like we're constantly knocking mac jones and i don't mean to because i think mac jones is a good player i think he's a good quarterback but i think what you saw last year is pretty much what you're going to get from mac jones in his career about four thousand yards passing 22 touchdowns 13 interceptions that's who he's going to be. You know, he's a Corolla. And, you know, obviously 
if you have the means, Corolla is not going to be the first car that you choose, but it's also one of the most popular cars on the road for a reason. It's dependable. It gets you where you need to go. It's affordable. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel bad because I feel like we're constantly knocking him, but he's exactly who we thought he was going to, he was going to be. And he is a good quarterback. He makes sense on a rookie deal. That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know that you're really dying to pay him to be, you know, your long-term guy, because then that is hampering, you know, what you can build around him for now when you have him on the cheap and you can, in theory, you know, spend a lot of resources, a lot of cap space into your roster around him and try to build it up and, and win that way. It's not always the best way to win, but I think that's an option, like a viable path you can go. Um, but not a guy I think you would necessarily be thrilled about paying top of the market money. Right. If he comes to you and his deals up and it says, hey, I want $40 million a year, you're going to be like, no way. But, you know, is he the kind of guy that says, hey, give me 30 and we're good? I mean, with the way the cap is going up, $30 million for your quarterback is not going to be as crazy as it sounds right now. You know, is it the kind of situation where New England's like, hey, we can sign this guy for a below market value deal and then improve the rest of our roster that way? Oh, like how they kind of paid Tom Brady out of the table for years and how, you know, the uh, the cap was the quarterback market was there, therefore deflated more than it should have been. Are you is like something like that is what you're referring to? I don't know what you're I can neither confirm nor deny those salacious rumors, BLG. But I don't know. I, I, I think that New England looks at Mac Jones and they're like, we can make it work with this guy. Hmm. Who do you have a number 10? Number 10 on my list would be Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. Do you agree with me? <laughs> this is so sad. Just this, yes. How many times do we make lists on the show and they're just uh, the same? I mean, it, it's obviously a case of great minds think alike, but uh, for the sake of maybe podcasting and arguing, maybe it's not the best thing. It's not my fault. I mean, look, we decided to do this. You start ranking them out and, and this is where they fall. I want to give Ryan Tannehill a little credit because... You know me, BLG. You always like to to make fun of me, but the dude touchdowns. put up the dude put up touchdowns, man, <laughs> and he put up a lot of them since he's gotten to Tennessee. He has potential in spots to make tremendous plays. He can't do it consistently, but sometimes he pulls stuff out of his rear end that you're like, "Where the hell did that come from?" It sounds very patronizing. He has potential and spots to make big plays. <laughs> That's the nicest thing you can say about him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tannehill has obviously benefited from this super run-heavy offense that the Titans have employed for a bit here. I think you can also say he's benefited from playing in a division, more so recently especially, that is terrible. Having the Texans be as bad as they are for so long and the Jags be totally incompetent and then the Colts having a new quarterback literally every year. Um, so <laughs> I think he's definitely benefited from that. Um, but I think the Titans are getting to this stage stats where, you know, it's kind of cute in the beginning. Like, oh, you know, they're they're going to Arrowhead. They're they're making this run as a six seed a couple of years ago and they're upsetting, you know, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And then, you know, they, they knock off the Patriots. Like all that stuff is kind of cute. But now you're getting to the point where, like, it's not as cute anymore because you have to get over the hump. And is Ryan Tannehill getting the Titans over the hump? Um, you know, there was talk that the Titans were kind of interested in, in Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, that's not necessarily any shame to uh, right. Tannehill because, you know, any team would like that opportunity if they could get that. So, but, you know, I think there's an acknowledgement there of, of, you know, this is kind of like a Kirk Cousins tier quarterback who's he's putting up some good numbers. He can get us to the playoffs, but 
Like, where what, are we ever getting over the hump with him? I don't think you are. And I think the question becomes how much different would another quarterback in his position play? You can make the argument that because of the running game that they have there, that another quarterback could have put up similar numbers to Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill. And I don't blame them for looking for an upgrade at all. Um, but they're firmly in the mix with him. The Titans are going to be firmly in the mix for a playoff spot next year. They're going to be right in the scrum. It's going to be a, a battle. Um, but when you're talking about getting to a level, I agree with you. There, there comes a point where just being in the scrum is not good enough because the goal is to win the Super Bowl. And if you have a guy and you think that he's not going to be the guy to get you over the hump, then you just you got to shut it down. You got to look for another guy. So I agree. He's kind of like running it out there in Tennessee. They'll be in the mix. But ultimately, if they want to get where they want to go and the clock is ticking because you're not going to get peak Derrick Henry for mm-hmm. very much longer. So Tennessee is going to have to do something. I would have been fascinated if they had pulled off the Aaron Rodgers thing. That would have been just really incredible if they could do it. Obviously, they didn't. And so Tennessee is stuck with Ryan Tannehill. Number nine, BLG, you go first this time. I do want to say last thing on the Titans. I do like the Robert Woods addition for them. I think that's a really yes. nice pickup. Um, you know, adding him to the mix with AJ Brown really like that for them. Uh, upgrade on Julio Jones, which stats you were like, why are people being excited about Julio Jones to the Titans last year? So good job by you. Um, <laughs> I could flip this one with Tannehill, and maybe I'm not being generous enough by one spot to Ryan Tannehill. I've met Ryan, the new Indianapolis Colts quarterback, which we should mention. They traded a third round pick for uh, on Monday, 20, what, this year, 2022, third round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, RJ loves to be like, hey, Chris Ballard, not getting enough criticism. I'm the only one who's ever criticized him, which totally ignores how at the time of the Carson Wentz trade last year, I was like, this is a dumb deal. They should not do this. <laughs> uh, so I would like to give myself the whatever fake award he gives himself on his show all the time. And I would like to give RJ the weekly oddcast LVP uh, honorary award. So once again, uh, RJ has won that uh, dishonor. Uh, Matt Ryan's fine. You know, I don't think anything super exciting. He is getting older, too, just a little bit concerning. What, 37 now? So I think you have to kind of worry about decline a little bit. I mean, isn't this kind of just like Philip Rivers again, though? 100%. I yeah. mean, the Colts... Which isn't bad, but like, okay. I, you know, RJ's main point with the Colts is like, at some point you have to bang on them for not getting a quarterback in place. Like, Andrew Luck sure. retired, yeah, but he retired before the 2019 season. At some point, you know, you can't just keep pointing back to that as the Agreed. reason why you don't have your guy. So, yeah, he's fine, but like, I don't know. I don't know what else the Colts could have done, but <laughs> this this move doesn't blow me away. I mean, what are his weapons in Indianapolis? Michael they got to get some respect. You got to get some real receivers in there, man. I mean, it's Jonathan Taylor and what? Nothing there in Indianapolis. So whoever they get at quarterback needs more help around him. I do. I will say Ballard did well in terms of like, so he did poorly overall in terms of creating the Carson Wentz disaster and giving up way too much, predictably so. And, but he's done, like they upgraded. The Colts upgraded at quarterback from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. Would you agree with that? 100%. 
So, I mean, that's nice. I'm not like, hey, again, I'm not giving him a gold star for that, but I, I will acknowledge that to be true. Um, and obviously, pulling off the Wentz deal that they got was insane to get as much as they could for him and take some of the sting out of the trade they made originally. Okay. Um, so, again, I'm, I don't want to say that uh, you know Chris Bauer should be winning like GM of the year anytime soon here, but he kind of made his mistake a little bit less worse. So there is that. Um, I think that's, you know, what everyone is trying to say with that RJ speaking to you now, my friend. Um, so, you know, uh, that's, that's the tough thing though. Again, it just, it, there's no progress being made. It's again, it feels like, okay, we're just doing the Philip rivers year all over again, which again, wasn't a bad, bad, you know, the, the Colts were in a playoff game. Um, they, they, you know, they couldn't conceivably could have beaten the bills in that spot. Um, so, you know, you're, you're in the mix, you can win a playoff game, but again, we talk about ceiling. Like, are you really going the distance with Matt Ryan? Um, I don't think so. Not without an elite offensive mind and elite weapons around him, especially at this point in his career. And the Colts just don't have enough of those to get where they want to go. But I agree. I did also have him at number nine. Okay. So now we are getting to the top half of the AFC. Number Can we take eight. A break here, stats. All right. Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we have been in agreement on the last three quarterbacks i think on our list let's see if that agreement continues when we come back support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference that's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the off-day debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We are ranking the quarterbacks in the AFC. We are all the way up or down or at number eight. Oh. Up. Okay, there we go. We're up to number eight. And this is where it starts to get really difficult. And, and this is where the depth of the quarterbacks at the conference really smacks you in the face. Because when you're talking about the number eight quarterback in a conference, you're talking about like middle of the road guys. But then you see who's left on our list, BLG, and you're like, damn, this is really hard. Yeah, I feel like one through 11 on my list, I all feel like those teams are reasonably playoff contenders. And I would even put the Steelers in there at 13. But just in, based on quarterback alone, I mean, all those quarterbacks, basically, for the most part, not everyone, but for the most part on my list, uh, have been in the playoffs already, including Mac Jones. So um, there's certainly, it's not even just the top end talent, which is definitely there, but it's also just the depth. <laughs> there's so many teams. Um, I have Derek Carr at number eight. That's exactly who I had on my list. This is <laughs> unbelievable. How is our list the same when we did not consult in any way, shape, form, or fashion before creating our list? 
it is scary. Uh, some like hive mind stuff going on here. <laughs> Look, uh, I think Derek Carr, his season last year, maybe a little underrated. Like he was pretty good. I believe I said, at least based on what I said about him going into the year, which I basically kind of lumped him in with Kirk Cousins and said, like, these are the quarterbacks you don't want to have the most because you're kind of just stuck in the middle. And not to say that uh, that was totally wrong. You know, Derek Carr was like, you know, the MVP or any kind of of that level. But I think he's a little bit better than that. And he's better than Kirk. Um, I think he showed some things that were really encouraging. And I don't feel like the Raiders are an amazing spot because of how tough they're their uh division is and uh spoiler alert here um i have him as the worst quarterback right in there i'm trying to double check here yes so yeah i have him as their worst quarterback in their division but still uh top eight player just you know on if we're going by wild card he's in the seating he's just on the outs there um i i what what else can i say what do you have to say about Derek carr stats they had every reason in the world to miss the playoffs last year. Think about what the Raiders went through with the Henry Ruggs situation. Their coach gets fired in the middle of the season. Like the Raiders off the field were a complete disaster last year, and they still made the playoffs. That's incredible. That's a credit to Derek Carr. And he's probably, he has to be the best, worst quarterback in a division I think <laughs> I've ever heard of. Yeah. Who else would it be? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, if he and I maybe what happens in the NFC West this year, because I think when Derek Carr is aggressive, he can be really, really good. I think his biggest issue is that he doesn't consistently push the ball down the field. But maybe what happens this year, because he's like the division is so loaded, he's just like, forget it. Let's go. Well, Let me just chuck this thing. Getting Devontae Adams might help a little bit, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the rate credit to the Raiders, man. All of a sudden, like they're going all in Devonte Adams, Chandler Jones. I love the Chandler Jones move for them. Like they are not just sitting back like, oh, shucks, our division's really hard. They're like, OK, let's go. You got to like it. They're not backing down because um, I don't know. I, you could maybe conceive a team being like, all right, this is tough. Maybe we're just going to kind of take a back seat here and and like rebuild or figure this out. Um, but no, it's not the Raider way. Just win, baby. Josh McDaniels, welcome to the welcome to the AFC West. Like all these years goes by, he finally becomes a head coach again after the whole <laughs> thing with the Colts and the debacle with the Broncos. And it's like, good luck. You got to play Mahomes twice a year, Herbert twice a year, and Russell Wilson twice a year. He, he signed up for it. it. He knew what he's getting into. True. Um, moving on to number seven stats, uh, I have a hotly contested quarterback. RJ likes to say we hate him. I don't really think that's true. I think I just like to point out the fact that this quarterback is one in three in playoff games. Um, a number of those as the favorite, by the way, not like, you know, Oh, he got into the playoffs and the better team won. Like, no, they were the better team and they didn't win. Um, he's thrown three touchdowns to five interceptions. He has a 68.3 passer rating in four playoff games. It's Lamar Jackson. We agree. Once again, I have him at number seven on my list as well. Everything you said about his playoff performances totally justified and has to be concerning at this point. Like, you know, you make one playoffs, your first playoffs, you don't win. Okay. Whatever. Like, but at some point your performance level has to pick up and Lamar's definitely hasn't. The thing I'm starting to worry about BLG is health. I mean, 12 games last year for Lamar, he's got to be on the field. He has to, to protect himself better 
and put himself in a position to be there for his team. Yeah, and I, I think we talked about this maybe before. I don't remember if this is online here on the pod or offline, but the idea that like he's being so smart and he's going to wait out the Ravens and make them pay him. I think there could be some level of truth to that, and I'm not trying to take credit away from him in that regard, but at the same time, I don't think the Ravens look at those playoff numbers and be like, that doesn't matter because I feel like people talk about that with Lamar and obviously he's been incredible in the regular season and I'm not trying to take that away from him either, but you can't just ignore the playoff thing. Like that's totally relevant. You can't just be like, Oh, small sample size, whatever playoffs. Like, no, how do you brush that off? That's a huge deal. Think about the contract that Lamar Jackson is potentially going to get like the, the biggest contract ever. And given the Deshaun Watson extension, it can be fully guaranteed. So it's like this huge commitment that you're making for multiple years to a guy, again, with one playoff win and four uh, and four tries and a passer rating of 68.3. Like, that's terrible. How do you feel amazing about that? Like, I don't know. So two things separate from one another. I do think Lamar should wait and get to the open market. And I think that is the best route for a quarterback when you want. If If what you're talking about is purely maximizing your dollars, I think that's the best way to go. In regards to your playoff thing, though, think I mean, we have Lamar Jackson at seven, which means he'd be the final seed in the AFC if you just wanted to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Think of the quarterbacks that he is going to have to go through in the AFC if he's going to get to a Super Bowl. It's incredible. So not only does his does he have to pick up his playoff performance just in general, yeah. right? But he's going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. Like, he's got to pick it way up. It's going to be uh, – it. is just the state of the AFC right now. He's got a long way to go. Yeah, just in his division. Like, you know, Joe Burrow twice a year. Deshaun Watson now twice a year. Mitchell Trubisky twice a year. Um, <laughs> well, at least he gets a couple weeks off. I mean – the Steelers could easily beat the Ravens at least one time. What's your, you know, it's the Steelers. They're going to find a way to beat the Ravens somehow at some point. It won't be easy. Like, for much as you don't like Trubisky, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It usually is not when the Ravens and Steelers play for either team. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not a great spot. Just Lamar maybe is another reason he's holding out is because maybe he looks at this and be like, not only should I wait and try to maximize my value, but also get out of this conference. And head Why over wouldn't to the you? Right? Yeah, right. I mean, LeBron used to get criticized because he kept staying in the Eastern Conference when it stunk in the NBA. Like, I, why wouldn't you? I, I totally get that, if, whoever you are, a quarterback. All right, number six on my list. This is where I think we're going to have some disagreements now after mm. we've somehow managed to agree on all these. I put Joe Burrow at six. What the hell is this? Why is he yes. down six? You think he's too high? It's too low. I don't know. I, look. Don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow had an incredible season, but I don't think, I think what people are doing is they're giving him credit for everything and none of the blame for any of the bad stuff that happened. Like he had 70 sacks last year. That's a lot. And a lot of that goes on the offensive line, but a lot of that goes on him as well. BLG. Hmm. I don't fully agree with that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, looking at his time to throw numbers, I think he had one of the quickest releases in the NFL. I don't think it's that he holds onto the ball forever. Like, I think the way he was getting sacked a lot of those times, it wasn't like he's trying to make a play. He wasn't being like, sorry to do this, Russ, but my boy Russell Wilson <laughs> here was just dancing around the backfield for like five minutes. Um, and the Bengals have upgraded their offensive line. And I think that's worth noting in these rankings is like the current situation, you know, upgrades and whatnot. And I feel good 
uh, or I feel better about the Bengals outlook having an improved offensive line, I would caution like against that being the cure all for everything. Cause I think it's, it's, RJ kind of talks about this in terms of where the Cowboys were in 2014 when Des dropped it. And it's like, you just pick up back from that point. Like teams think that way. And I don't think it's as simple as like, well, the Bengals made the Super Bowl and they lost, but now they have an offensive line. So they're just going to win the Super Bowl next year. It's not that simple. Um, There's going to be regression in other areas. Maybe Joe Burrow will regress a little bit. Jamar Chase will probably regress and still be a good player, but we'll take a step back. Um, So uh, I get, I get what you're saying in terms of uh, like, it's not just an assumption that he's definitely going to be at the top, but I think what we saw was legit. I believe in it. He was the odd cast MVP stats. Uh, I don't know how you would disrespect our own guy. Uh, I have him actually at three overall. What? Okay. So like, this seems like maybe a knock on Joe Burrow on my part, but then you look at the other quarterbacks in the AFC and it's like, he just gets pushed down to me because it's like, you might think he's better than number six, just like in a vacuum, but then you start comparing it to the guys that are left. And every time I did that, I was like, is he better than this guy? No. Is he better than this guy? No. So I, I had to put him at six. It it wasn't a a want thing. It was just where the numbers came out. You're saying he's not the best quarterback in his own division. Uh, you are my list because you have Deshaun Watson over him. Yes. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I don't think that's right, especially coming off of the layoff and everything. And no, I don't think I don't I don't think it's fair to Joe Burrow. I think he gets more of the benefit of the doubt right now than Deshaun Watson should get in many circumstances, to be clear, not just football. Um, but uh, well, yeah, so okay. I, I don't like this at all. All right. Uh, number five on my list. I have Russell Wilson. <sighs> Another disagreement here. Stats. Uh, okay. Slikes. I have him at four. I love Russ. I mean, I could, I would put him at number one on this list because of just me being biased and not what? even rational. No, I'm just saying like, not in terms of like rational. I'm saying stats like, cause I love Russell Wilson. Everyone knows that I'm a big Russ, Russ fan. Uh, you are not, although I think deep down you are, you know, you were chumming it up and you were going at him in that interview, but secretly deep down, you wanted to be his friend. I know. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I know it's true. Uh, yeah. I, Russ is really good, man. I think there's some kind of, it seems there's a lot of, uh, after the trade, I felt like a lot of people in more so media, writing articles were like, well, let's just not assume this is an amazing move for the Broncos. Like there, there is some downside to Russ. And I will acknowledge that, uh, yes, holding on to the ball too long. It's not just like he's had this terrible offensive line all the time in Seattle. A lot of those sacks are on him as well. That being said, I think it's also fair to say he didn't really get the maximum support he could have gotten in Seattle always in terms of at least the coach being willing to let him do the thing he does best, which is throw the ball. Um, And I think people are kind of sleeping on Russell Wilson after a season where they say it was a down year for him. And it really like wasn't when all things considered and he had what a pass rating still in the hundreds and part of the games that he played poorly, that stretch was coming off of a finger injury, pretty significant. It's not even like something that was, wasn't fully related, like an ankle or whatever. It was like his throwing hand. Uh, so I think Russ is being slept on a little bit. I have him at four. Yeah, Russ had 25 touchdowns and six picks in 14 games last year in what was considered a down year in, in an offense where it was primarily run first. So I, I could see the argument that he's going to be better in Denver than he was in Seattle. I think he will be. But like you said, there are some downsides. He holds on to the ball forever. He doesn't see the field the best sometimes. You know, every quarterback has flaws. That's that's fine. I don't mean to knock him. But the guys ahead of him now, we are getting into 
just the absolute cream of the crop for me. And I think that Russ is just slightly, slightly on the outside of that. Now, maybe I'll feel differently once I see him in Denver. He's going to have playmakers around him at receiver because the Broncos do. Um, but when I when I look at the other guys left on the list, I had to I couldn't put Russ above any one of those in my mind. So that's why I had him at five. My number five was Justin Herbert, who loved dearly, obviously, on this program. And I think if you're looking at just pure physical, like who is the most talent in their bodies? And I think you could say like Mahomes, Josh Allen and Herbert, like just the ability to like freaking throw the crap out of the football. I think you could make a ranking of it that way. But I think I have to knock Herbert here for not making it to the playoffs yet, which is not all his fault, to be clear. But, you know, as a quarterback, you bear some of that brunt. Um, and it was tough for me to put him over Joe Burrow the way that the the run Burrow just had. It was tough for me to put him over Josh Allen or even Russell Wilson because I think Russ has just more of the track record than Justin Herbert does. I love Herbert's upside, but I think we have to see more consistency with him. I had Herbert at four on my list. He was right before Russell Wilson. I, I think in terms of throwing the ball, Herbert, is he's incredible with some of the throws he makes. I also, in my book, I give Herbert points for, for Moxie. You know, I think he's a good match for Brandon Staley, who's very aggressive when it comes to, like, fourth down decisions. And Herbert, to his credit, does not shy away from those. You know, I, I keep going back to this, but it always stuck out to me. When I was on Pro Football Talk, we interviewed Justin Herbert. And we were like, who's your quarterback idol? And he said, Joey Harrington. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, what kind of nobody's ever going to say Joey Harrington. Most people listening probably don't even know who the hell Joey Harrington is. Wow. And I remember thinking that and being like, this, this guy's going to be an elite quarterback. Like that's, and you know what? I was totally and completely wrong. Justin Herbert absolutely is, but I got to see it next year. Like I'm still all in on him. He's still amazing. He still blows me away, but for all his talents, the Chargers have not really been super successful with him at quarterback. He's got to step it up now more than ever. That division is loaded. So this is a real make or break year for me. If if he can't get it done this year, I will have to start, you know, reevaluating my opinion of Justin Herbert. And I think the Chargers have really gone all in on him in terms of you look at what they're doing with their signings and everything. Like they're they're like, hey, we have a really good, talented young player on a cheap rookie quarterback contract relatively uh let's now's the time to win so to your point that's yeah the pressure is on right now to see what he can do and win in this window and it's such a bummer and like you know again somewhat on herbert that it didn't happen that the freaking Steelers made the playoffs that ben roethlisberger we had to see like we had to waste a game on big ben in the playoffs <laughs> when we could have seen justin herbert uh come in and be much more intriguing and maybe the chargers still lose in the first round anyway but still you know like we we could have learned something about justin herbert right good or bad maybe he would have stunk up in the playoff game who knows but um the fact that we didn't even get to see that was a bummer um so i think about that a lot how the chargers lost in the final game of the regular season and, and that robbed us of a good opportunity i agree uh, one more game of ben roethlisberger wasn't doing anything for anybody including ben roethlisberger all right so there are three spots left there are three quarterbacks left, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. For me, I had to throw everything into the mix, including the layoff. So I put Deshaun Watson at number three in the conference. Is that fair? I I have a tough time putting him in my top five right now. I had him at six. I, I toyed around with it. I just, the layoff is a factor. 
I know everyone likes to bring it up, but it's like, well, we posted good stats, but they only, the Texans only won four games in 2020, was it, the last time he played? Uh, and I don't, I don't think all of that was his fault. I think it's possible for a quarterback to play really well and the team be such a dumpster fire around him that uh, you can only do so much. That being said, you won four games. And again, in a division that isn't necessarily amazing. So I don't think... It just seems a little generous to me to be like, he's definitely top three, especially after this layoff, especially after the 2020 season that resulted in four wins for the Texans. I just, I don't want to give him that benefit of the doubt right now. I just want to say right out front, because I'm about to defend Deshaun Watson and, and I do feel a little slimy doing it. I don't think Deshaun Watson is a good person. He has 22 civil cases against him. That needs to be said every time Deshaun Watson's name is brought up. And so I'm just doing that out front, separating that and looking at him purely as a football player. I think people are forgetting just how good he is, BLG. He is incredibly good. He's played four seasons in the league. He's only thrown double-digit interceptions in his entire career one time, and it was 12. Last time he played, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, led the league in pass yards, he runs. I think people forget just how good he is. Remember that play against the Bills in the playoffs where the two guys crashed into him and he broke free, scrambled, and found the receiver? Like, I, uh, who was it? Dabo Sweeney called him Michael Jordan, the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan. Like, he plays like that a lot of the time. And sometimes it gets him into trouble because he needs to just throw it away and live to play another down. But the guy squeezes all the juice out of every play, a lot like Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I think that we have forgotten how re- how special this person is. Uh, it's tough. Like you said, good disclaimer by you stats. And maybe that's part of it too. Uh, entering my bias and everything here. It's just, I have a tough time, like, you know, celebrating him and like, especially if it's close and like giving him the edge. Um, so, I mean, he's top five caliber. I would say I have him at six, just outside the top five, but he's certainly, and, and yeah, I think it is very ceiling. I don't know if I'm putting him at one or two, but I think he could be three uh, at the very highest. So uh, the Browns, you know, some would say sold their soul to get him. We'll see if it works for them from a football, winning football games kind of perspective. Kind of feels like he has the potential to blow up in a really bad way in many respects, but we'll see. All right, so that leaves two spots left on the list. We know who the quarterbacks are in those two spots. Did you have Mahomes as the best quarterback in the conference, or did you have Josh Allen as the best quarterback? So I had Mahomes at number one. But, like, Patrick Mahomes wasn't, you know, wasn't great, right, last year? Wasn't, was he really the, he wasn't the best quarterback in the AFC last year, correct? Uh, I would agree. So, like, maybe I'm giving him a little bit too much of the, you know, it's just like we, we kind of don't think about it. We don't that it's just like who's the best quarterback in the AFC. And automatically a lot of people would say Patrick Mahomes because he's been in that spot for a while. Um, and he's definitely two, if not one. So, um, you know, you can kind of debate here. But you look at how they both finished the year and Patrick Mahomes pretty shaky in that playoff loss and especially towards the end of the game even – Whereas Josh Allen ended the year on fire. Um, and now we're going to have potentially stupid new overtime rules because of <laughs> him not getting a chance or whatever, which is so dumb. Uh, I have Josh Allen at number two, but I think he just he ended the season so hot that I think he is a legitimate claim to number one. What about you? Uh, 
I actually had Josh Allen at one, but it was okay. really close. Um, it's like one A, one B, right? So yeah, very exactly. I just feel like Josh Allen to me is closer to getting rid of that kind of self destruct um, button, so to speak. Like I feel like early in his career, he would make some sort of weird, crazy, risky plays that were just unnecessary. Like I'll never forget that lateral, that <laughs> random lateral that he tried in the playoff game a couple of years ago. Like, no. I think he can get rid of that or at least keep that in check. I don't know that Mahomes can. I think it's just built mm. into Mahomes DNA that that is who he is. And it, it rarely hurts him. Like he's still amazing, incredibly good. But like I am splitting a hair of a hair of a hair here. I have to make a decision based on something. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm going to plant my flag in here. You know, Mahomes and the Chiefs, when their offense was struggling, it was due to turnovers. And the quarterback gets the brunt of the blame for those. And just doing too much, especially early on in the year. Like, you know, the no-look pass when it didn't need to be. Like, just, just way too much uh, end of the season. Last, you know, last game, last moments. Trying to do way too much at the end of that game. Um, in the AFC Championship game. So, and I, and I think I said this at the time when the Chiefs lost, and I want to revisit the take, is like, I'm interested to see how Mahomes like uh, internalizes the Chiefs' failure end of the end of the season. Does he mm. go, I need to change. I need to change some things up. I kind of need to rein myself in a little bit. Or does he kind of be like, I'm not the issue. I'm doing everything great. And obviously there's the kind of some of the off-the-field stuff too in terms of whatever, his, um, what, fiancé or wife? and his little brother and that's gotten like a lot of criticism um does he kind of like realize like maybe i need to kind of like take a step back here and humble myself a little bit and i said famously as many people know that like carson wentz needed to do that and i'm not comparing carson wentz and patrick mahomes i think obviously <laughs> patrick mahomes is just significantly better than carson wentz but i think it's you know i think there's something about these young guys who play in a very stubborn way and i'm interested to see if mahomes could be like you know what some of this criticism is valid i kind of need to rein myself in at times not completely you don't want to you know take away what makes him special some of that playmaking ability should absolutely be there but if he can get like smarter about picking and choosing his spots almost like you're saying josh allen has gotten over his career um i wonder about that and i guess part of it too is uh you know, I wonder how much malaise or um, apathy kind of sets in when you're constantly winning like the Chiefs have, whereas Josh Allen is coming off of this season where he probably feels like he got robbed and the fire is still burning really strong. And does that motivate him even more? I think that's a real thing. And and Mahomes talks a good game. He, he you know, if you if you listen to what he says, it sounds like he's capable of that kind of self-reflection like you're talking about and making those adjustments. But I've also seen a lot of quarterback, you know, Brock Osweiler talked a great game. So did Mark Sanchez. <laughs> they didn't actually do it on the field. So we have to see Mahomes, you know, if he's capable of doing that. And I agree with you. You know, the, the psychology and the personal motivation of these guys is massive. Part of what makes Tom Brady Tom Brady is the fact that he always has that fire. Whether he's coming off two straight Super Bowls or whether he, you know, missed the playoffs because he was hurt. Whatever the case may be. He always had that same drive and intensity. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes does. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I, mm -hmm. I literally am saying I do not know. Right. And it's it's a easier for a guy in Josh Allen's position to have that, especially when you're 15 seconds away from, from winning in the playoffs and you somehow blow it. Uh, but it's a lot easier for him to have that extra motivation than it is for Patrick Mahomes. And, and maybe all this talent that has suddenly... 
you know, fled the NFC to the AFC is motivating everybody now. Um, hmm. So, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, it's it's hard to keep climbing that mountain again and again and again. And we'll see if Patrick Mahomes can do it. But it's going to be how much fun is the AFC going to be this year? Like, we're never going to look at the schedule for any week of games and be like, oh, there's not a lot of good games this week because every game in the AFC is going to be fantastic. You're looking at these divisions, like the West, obviously, we know is stacked. The North now getting Watson. Yep. And have and Trubisky and the, the amazing talents they have in that division. Uh it's I'm just looking at the list here, one through sixteen. And uh even the young guys, I mean, like, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson are any good or Davis Mills, whatever, but maybe they take a step forward and maybe one of at least one of those guys does, and they're a surprise, not totally similar to Joe Burrow. It's not saying they'll take their team on a Super Bowl run, but how many of us really thought for sure that at this point last year that Joe Burrow would be in a top five or top three? You know, I don't I don't know that we definitely thought that. So so maybe even some of the young guys will step up here and it'll be even somehow better than we expect uh, should be good. It's going to be just fun. Uh, if it's not a Jets Texans matchup, <laughs> it's going to be fun in the AFC. And even the, like even with Zach Wilson, like we're still going to be watching to see like, OK, can he make a jump? You know, like there, there's almost no totally uninteresting quarterback matchup in the AFC, which is great for us. What is the best quarterback matchup? So you'd probably say Mahomes, Allen, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Although Watson's up there, man. I really. Uh, Watson who? Watson Mahomes, I think, mm. probably for me, uh, would be one. But again, Mahomes and Allen are so close. It's, they're interchangeable. Russ. Herbert is going to be that's that's a that's a game that just bombs that game is just bombs straight up bombs all game long <laughs> like it's like all right moon ball from Russ rocket launcher from Herbert yeah I mean that's going to be amazing um what is the worst matchup possible I mean is it Tua versus Zach Wilson we have to see that twice a year presumably with the Jets and Dolphins playing maybe but they might just both like self-destruct that that game somehow becomes interesting right like mm. both quarterback has four interceptions and you're like what the <laughs> hell is going on <laughs> Oh, man. Should be good, Stats. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we went a whole episode, and I didn't have to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, who's somehow still on the 49ers. <laughs> so I'm thankful for that, BLG. Thank you. Well, we'll get into the NFC rankings at some point here. I, I feel like we can't fully do it yet because we don't know what's going to happen with Baker, I guess, fully, exactly where he's going to go. Um, we still have to figure out what's happening with Jimmy G. But uh, maybe we'll do that next time. All right. Well, enjoy your Tuesday, everybody. If you have any uh, issues with the rankings, complaints, criticisms, whatever, you can hit me up at Stats on Fire on Twitter and Instagram. BLG is at Brandon Gowden. And uh, you can also leave it in your review. Five star, hopefully five star rating. Hopefully you like what we gave you here today. But uh, leave your question in a review. I promise you we will read it on the show. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.